Hey guys, Bass Squad Radio episode, I don't even remember, um, seven. seven, yeah, count the Valentine's Day one as our, in our series, um, yeah, this is TG, we're in Lake Gunnersville from the beautiful Super 8 Motel in Lake Gunnersville, it's the handicapped one, so everything is <laughs> handicap proof or whatever you want to call it, I apologize if anybody is handicapped, but sorry, um, yeah, so I'm not even going to do a nerd report because we're going to get right into the main part of the show. Yeah, we, we came all the way from Wisconsin, and it was absolutely the most ridiculous, shitty conditions you could possibly ask for to get down here. Uh, we left in a seven-inch, seven, like a huge snowstorm, seven inches came on the ground, and I don't know, Casey's here, and Adam, so they'll be probably chiming in for... For a little bit, but yeah, so we were, uh, want to explain the drive from, from Indiana? <laughs> well, this is CK, Casey, um, yeah, we, uh, we drove through all the, the whole night, um, drive should have took us about 12 hours, and through most of Indiana, we could go about 30 miles an hour, it was really bad snow, and it was just terrible out there pretty much all night, but we made it. We seen a lot of cars in the ditch and stuff, so too many semis on the road. Almost ran us off a few times. <sighs> but yeah. Um yeah, we're pretty pumped up and uh I'm geeking out pretty bad. Uh I don't I don't know if I've ever been on a cocaine bender. I don't if I did I probably wouldn't remember, but I have just so much craziness going through my veins right now. With the winter we've went through it today and yesterday and everything with being on Lake Gunnersville completely changed that and I am just on fire. It just feels so much so good to be catching actual largemouth and ugh, and today was it's a pretty good day. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it was good day. <laughs> I mean allegedly we're fishing on Lake Gunnersville. But uh yeah, we're this is gonna be a fun classic to watch. I'm just gonna put that out there. It, uh, yeah, uh, what we, I kind of have reviewed a few times about what I thought was going to win. We're going to go over right now, like, basically our fantasy picks and, and stuff like that. We're going to make this, well, we'll see where it goes, but I don't think the football jig is going to be a player anymore. Uh, most of our fish were caught shallow and in a creek channel, so... If that makes any any of your picks change, uh, you got another day to do it. So, Casey, you want to go over your team quick? Yep. Um, first off, for my, uh, I think they call it the A division, or the number one guy, the best of the best. I, I've got Mike Iaconelli. He he shows up to every classic. He's not necessarily known for a, a he's not necessarily known as a rattle trap guy or anything like that, but. I think this will be one on probably on rattle traps and swim baits, but he just always shows up to every classic from the, from like this first classic in '99, I think it was every every single year, except for the two that he got DQ'd. He pretty much takes the top five or top ten. So I got Ike as my A, my B. I think I have Ot Defoe. Um, he's just all around. He's an all around stud. He's gonna be. He might be throwing some weird stuff like spinning rods and. You know, 
I've seen him throw little bill jigs and shad wraps, and but who knows what he'll be throwing. But I think he'll 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 come to play. I think uh, the C. I got Jason Christie because I mean he shouldn't even be a C. Right. He should probably be an A. Uh, I don't know if he. I really don't know his. I know he's a great jerkbait fisherman. I don't know what he can do. With well, I think jerkbaits could play a role too. Right. Because how we were we were fishing today, we were throwing primarily swim baits, and there's no reason if you locate them and a jerkbait would work the same. It, it, I don't know. Right. And you know we base this all off our our one day. They <laughs> we caught them amazing today. I mean we would have if we took our best five, we would have had close to thirty pounds, but. You know, those guys could have caught them out deep or anywhere, so we don't really know. But from what we've seen, it looks like it's going to be good in the back. So we screwed around deep the last two days, and we didn't get bit once. So, I mean, we say deep being 20 feet or more. So I'm going to have to say I don't know if I want to continually say that the deep crankbait is going to be a player because from BassMaster.com, what we've seen is pretty much everyone's throwing a rattle trap, which is... We caught, we whacked them on a rattle trap, but we caught a lot. We caught a lot more fish on the rattle trap, but our big bites have come from swim baits. We did catch a six yesterday and a four and a half today on a rattle trap, but so I mean, I don't know. It, I, it's gonna be. I believe it's gonna be one shallower and, and with fast moving baits because the ones I mean they were crushing it too. It wasn't like, you know, reaction bites. Yeah, I think the traps were reaction bites, but. And then uh, for my for my last two, <laughs> um, not that those matter because it's just a crapshoot for those last two. I don't even remember who I picked to be honest. Um, they're a bunch of you know guys that qualified through the opens and stuff for the most part. I one of my strategies in fantasy fishing is kind of take the you can see the percentages of people that that take each person, and I kind of like to take the ones that haven't been chosen because you know you you just have a, a better chance of breaking away from the crowd and getting a better score. Yeah, our 23-person crowd. But, yeah, <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, we don't have a huge league. so But, you know, it's 23 people. so But uh, another reason I like Ike is just because we actually seen him today closest to the spot that we crushed him on. So maybe he knows about it, maybe he doesn't. He wasn't really right, right in the spot. But we didn't really – today was actually the official practice day, so – all 55, I think, in his anglers should have been out there, and we we only seen a few. So yeah, we didn't. We weren't even actually fishing near anybody. Like, I mean, if we found, saw anybody, we'd obviously have just left and moved on and uh, whatever. So it was, yeah, I don't know. It was it was a good day. Uh, yeah. So mine, I'm gonna stick. I have Ike too, but I think I might go out on a limb and uh, say KVD is gonna win this classic. <laughs> We've uh, we were talking about it today, and this is legitimately the perfect setup for him to be to be winning something like this. It, it plays into every single one of his strengths, and I think a spinnerbait could play the role play a role too. But anything that's fast moving and with big fish, cold water, water's right around 50, which isn't too cold. But a rattle trap or a red eye shad in KVDs. Uh, Whatever, I don't even know what word I want to say, but in KVD's arsenal. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think, I think I'm going to change my A from Ike to KVD because I do believe 90 or plus pounds are going to win this this classic, to be completely honest. 
I mean, we caught them good today, and we're nothing compared to what they can do. So it's going to be an absolute blast to go see what they what they can do. Um, yeah, so Yusuke, we saw him throwing stuff shallow on, on Bassmaster.com. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy out here. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. If you look at Bassmaster.com and uh, as far as the photos that they have, it looks like a lot of guys are kind of caught on to the same thing we did. The, yeah, the red rattle. They, they caught the got the secret of the red rattle. Yeah, they, they probably saw us throwing them. So <laughs> probably probably how they figured that out. But uh, you know, it's no secret to throw those in the spring, but. It, it's just kind of cool that we actually were we're doing the same thing without any prior knowledge of them what they were gonna do. So and and honestly, we're not catching them in any weeds or anything like that. Actually, it's just bare bottom near where there's like there's probably there's definitely grass there in the summer or in the later spring because you can see a lot of dead milfoil and a lot of like hydrilla around, but it's all dead and it's not really. They're not sitting in that stuff. They're more in related to the creek channel and the bottom, the uh, little drop off. So, but okay, yeah, and the um, the the rattle trap bite was really pretty shallow, you know, less than four feet, I would say. But uh, on the the creek channels leading into those spawning pockets that we were catching the rattle trap fish in, we we caught a lot of big fish on Alabama rigs. Obviously, they can't use Alabama rigs in uh, in the elite in the classic. But you know, uh, Tyler actually caught his biggest fish of the day on a, a big swim bait, and uh, that should play a role. I would so think too. So, Steve Kennedy fans out there, are you Auburn Tiger fans? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we saw on Bassmaster.com, Steve Kennedy was slipping a dock. So who knows what he's doing? But I, I was just the dock. The dock was actually wrapped in Auburn colors, so maybe he was contractually obligated to. Uh, because I think I think his boat isn't even wrapped anymore. Yeah, it is wrapped, but it's just light blue and has we the always, Tiger logo. We always joke about him because he is the only guy. I don't even think Konami sponsors him anymore. He doesn't even have a jersey. Back it's just in the a, day, he has a <laughs> Konami jersey with a completely empty green or yellowish. And we're not jersey. talking garbage. He's obviously a great fisherman, but we don't understand. Like, well, he actually <laughs> said in an interview that he doesn't he doesn't uh, bother with sponsors because they don't give him enough. It's not worth his time. So there so, you go. I don't know. He must get free like tickets or something. Yeah. <laughs> to Auburn maybe game. maybe Auburn gives. Maybe they'll let him play running back or something <laughs> this year. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There there might be other. I think you got to look out for guys like Palinik and Ike especially because they'll do things that most people aren't doing. Like I right now have completely no confidence on throwing anything else besides moving baits or especially traps and swim baits. That's basically the only thing that I have confidence in right now. We tried flipping a little bit and yeah. shad wraps, jerk bait. I mean, jerk baits should work. There's no reason why they shouldn't. And same with spinner baits. Uh, but yeah, we've, all of our fish have come on swim bait or a, or a trap. And don't count out guys like, uh, you know, Aaron Martins, uh, Jordan Lee, all the guys that live, uh, you know, some of the Chris Lane, the guys that live on Gunnersville, I mean, they obviously have a lot of knowledge. They have, you know, lots of, lots. I mean, some of these guys probably, you know, have tons of the same kind of spots we were on today, and they could just make a milk run and catch yeah. 30 pounds. Who knows? Maybe 35. I don't know. We, 
we've noticed definitely as the North Bays that are are the producing. So, any any of you professionals out there that are uh, in the classic, and you guys are listening, <laughs> listening to this right now for tips from your hotel. <laughs> um, yeah, the North Bays were probably ten or twelve degrees warmer than the southern the south south end of the river bays. So we were hitting 43 near the dam and we were getting 52, 53 near uh, on the n- northern end of the lake uh, on the north side of the river. So when, when we're, you know, we grew up fishing basically Wisconsin lakes and legitimately nothing applies ever that what we've learned, what we've read, not a whole lot applies to where we fish. Finally, like, that's why I feel like I'm kind of more comfortable fishing down here because everything that I, like, learned how to do and actually, like, I've tried throwing big swim baits up by us, and, you know, I sit there, I count it down, I do everything By- Byron Velvet tells me to do, and I just can't get bit. And then Dude. a northern bite <laughs> northern pike or musky. But, like, even, like, the southern and northern bays, for whatever reason, up by us, it's, it doesn't, nothing applies. Even bays they don't warm they all warm at the same and it seems like the further you go back into creeks up by us for some reason it's the colder the water gets i don't i don't understand it it's shad there's no shad up there so like the wind direction doesn't mean a ton except in certain lakes uh the bass don't largemouth don't school up very much there's no real creek channels that you can you can whack them in but you definitely can't look all over the lake to find the the shallow grass that's still alive because there won't be any <laughs> in most cases. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, the the grass all dies out over the over the winter for the most part. So the spring turns are totally different. I mean, most of the fish up by us relate to wood right around right now, and we haven't caught Definitely. a single fish off of wood. We always catch our biggest fish off of either flipping woods or dock when it's you know forty forty eight to fifty two. We flip wood with jigs. Uh, that's what I always do. Casey catches pretty giants every year off of wood. But yeah, it, it it's nice to actually be in a place where where everything you know applies. <laughs> yeah, everything you read in the textbooks, you know, actually applies here. These Tennessee River lakes. It's not like the natural lakes in Wisconsin, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this winter has been just fucking terrible. Yeah, I have no other way to describe it, but we're about to all quit our jobs and move down to into the Super 8 and go <laughs> <laughs> go apply to Wayne's Feeds down the street, right by Paul Elias's bridge, where you ever you're ever in Gunnersville, you can smell the dog food from miles away. That's where we're gonna end up working. Just completely quit our jobs. It's not like we have good jobs, anyways. Yep. <laughs> so. <laughs> the case you want to explain how uh your work how do you explain bass fishing to your people at work yeah um <laughs> it's kind of funny it's not if you guys are from the south you guys don't know this but we we're we're from nobody fishing so yeah um i was actually shocked that somebody at work knew who hank parker was and she, I'm sure she is the only person. She's actually she's like a 60 year old lady who's in love with Hank Parker. But anyway, uh, yeah, you try to explain to people that you're you're going down to Alabama to to I just say to fish because if I said to watch fishing, nobody would understand. But uh, that, of course, the first question is, oh, do you do you 
can you bring those back? <laughs> you know, they 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 don't they don't understand catch and release fishing at all. Um, they don't understand the you know the fishing for bass when you're you know why would you want to fish for bass when you fish for walleye and they taste they taste great. You don't even have to drive. And you know yeah you don't have to drive twelve hours. Uh, <laughs> With a boat in a snowstorm. Every time we stopped, Adam's pure white skeeter was just black from the from the <laughs> the ice and the snow that was getting salt. kicked up in the salt. <laughs> salt. I don't know about his trailer. It might be a, might have to wash that off so the rust doesn't hit it. <laughs> or just repaint it. <laughs> That'd be easy. Or hopefully. <laughs> Or hopefully get a wrap, and then we'll all just get yeah, covered up down here. Get that thing wrapped. So if anybody's willing to sponsor us for next year, uh, <laughs> me and Tyler are both be looking for uh, you know sponsorship money to fish the opens and maybe move in, <laughs> maybe make the classic next year, so we don't have to go down as a fan. But that's just just throwing it out there to all you uh, you know bait company owners. Yeah, Joe's 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 what? soft plastic lures <laughs> or something. You know, hand pours or whatever. Or yeah. You know, custom crankbaits or whatever. If you got a little extra money lying around. Yeah, we, uh... Or if you have any jobs all available around the Gunnersville area. Or anywhere in the south, really. Okay. <laughs> no. Anywhere would be better than... Because I'd be more than happy to call my, my boss and go tell him to kiss my ass. I'm staying down here. Yeah. With the, I'll just keep the clothes I have with me. It'll be fine. But no, we were trying to actually talk and strategize. We were actually trying to pattern the actual professional fishermen. We were wondering if we should just chase them around like bait or actually sit and camp in spots that we believe that they're going to eventually come to us. So. Because if, yeah, if you're in a good spot, they'll be coming to you throughout the day. It's just, they'll be coming up to the... It's just like spawning fish. They'll be coming up there. They're coming to you. Yeah, and then you know we don't got to deal with all the boat pressure and uh, we were <laughs> yeah, we're still on the fence about this because we we want to follow KVD around kind of in the on the opening morning but we don't know for sure you know we have no idea where he's gonna fish so if he makes a I don't know how far he can run but if he makes a 50 mile run I mean it's gonna be I mean we don't want to run that far so. I don't know if, you, if any of you guys have ever watched the classic or a tournament on Gunnersville or Kentucky Lake or any of these big ones. Maybe you can message us or email us and give us some advice. <laughs> we're not asking for spots. <laughs> we're not asking for spots. We just we just want to know. All right, if the you best know, way to follow where the fish where the fish. If anybody knows where the fish are probably going to be caught, just let us know and then <laughs> just text us. <laughs> So we we definitely won't go there tomorrow when we're when we're still fishing. Well, we're allegedly fishing on Lake Gunnersville. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, I my my opinion. I think the best way to do it would be just kind of screwing around, looking for people, stopping around, and then when they finally, like, obviously, if there's people that we know that are close, because we only have a 150 horse, and. I mean, those guys have super tuned 250s, and they're going to be going 20 to 25 miles faster than we we can go. So, if they're running 50 miles, we're going to be 10 miles behind them by the time they get to their spot. So we 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 kind of don't know what we're going to do. Obviously, if we know who's leading, we can kind of look and find out where they're at, and then we'll be able to follow them that way. So, 
Yeah, I think next year we should rent a helicopter. One of us can fly, <laughs> follow, and then tell the other person, relay the message to the person in the boat. But and if you guys are listening to this tonight, you guys really do have to get a life because we are literally talking about how we should try to watch fishing. Now, I don't think there's anything worse than, like, people don't, under, don't even like bass fishing. They don't understand that we could spend so much time fishing. And then you got the other people that don't understand how we could watch fishing on TV. Then you got more people thinking, how do we watch fishing and drive down and watch people fish? And now you guys are listening to us talk about watching fishing. So, really, I'm sorry, but that's just what we're going to be. But down here, <laughs> down here on Gunnersville is kind of the exception to the rule. Because these people actually, under, I think, actually understand it. I mean... The signs say, you know, signs on every restaurant say, welcome Bassmaster Classic, uh, you know, fishermen and fans. So anytime they're welcoming the fishing fans, that's that's something cool. <clears throat> well, our first experience, I was talking about this, about Dardanelle. Did you fish any before Dardanelle? Yeah. Um, where we actually had a, a parade <laughs> through the town. Dardanelle is... That was a fun tournament, right? Oh, yeah. Seven-foot waves and <laughs> tree trunks floating down the river at 15 miles an hour. Yeah, it was, and then we all, I think it was me, and I had a par- different partner at that time. Okay, I want to talk about something that's pretty funny about partners. My mom was talking about... <laughs> <laughs> My mom was, uh, it, obviously we're from Wisconsin, people don't really know what what, we're, what they're talking about. So my mom and my dad were talking to their work, pe- people at their work, and they kept saying, yeah, Tyler's partner Adam and him are going down, down to Texas, Tyler's partner and Adam are going down to Florida. So everybody had assumed that I was gay immediately, which is kind of funny because <laughs> they all just assumed when they were saying partner, they didn't want to say Tyler's boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so so I've taken all these southern trips with all my partners and then you know then my mom would talk about Casey as my partner and then Alex as my partner and it was just like you know Tyler definitely gets around <laughs> so yeah just to dispel that any any of you people that are listening to this know <laughs> but yeah no so Alex was my partner for Dardanelle. Adam had a different partner. Casey had a different partner. We had like four other teams. So our brilliant idea in the spring was to go down there and everybody camps because it's cheaper. And then, you know, of course, it's Arkansas, so it obviously has to be warm because we're from, <laughs> we're from Wisconsin. We, As we're driving, we drive through an actual snowstorm in the mountains, and there was snowplows in the ditch, and we never, we never see that up by us. But and then Casey, how was your how was your uh, sleeping experience? Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, <laughs> when Tyler arrived, he had to have the police uh, police <laughs> officer who pulled him over uh, escort him to the campground because both of his trailer lights fell off in the mountains because they were so rough, and the roads were just dirt, and he was bouncing around and the. Uh, the trailer lights fell off the actual trailer. So, anyway, we got there. But uh, one of the first nights... That was my first southern trip, too. Yeah. <laughs> one, one of the first nights, we were in Canton tents, and uh, it was it started raining hard. And uh, I actually... I heard 
It wasn't extremely windy, but I heard a wind gust coming. It was the weirdest thing I ever heard. I could hear it coming from, I thought it was a tornado, and all of a sudden I hear this loud roar, and it's coming, it's getting closer, like, I mean, five seconds in advance I heard this thing, and then all of a sudden I feel it lift up my side of the tent, and it, I mean, it lifted me off the ground a little bit, like, it lifted the tent with me in it, on my side, and I was, and then it was done, like, I don't know where it went, and it wasn't that windy anymore, it was just a, like a roll gust of wind. But then it started raining and raining and raining, and the rain, of course, if you ever slept in the tent during the rain, those waterproof tents are usually not waterproof, especially when the water is like, you know, a foot deep on the bottom, uh, you know, soaking through the bottom of the tent. So I actually went and got my rain suit and put that on and laid back in my sleeping bag. And uh, it was just brutal. It, I'll never, ever camp uh, at a campground during a tournament again, unless maybe in a camper, but definitely not in tents. Oh, my God. That was the worst tournament ever. <clears throat> so I was struggled the first two days of practice down there. And, I mean, people fish darting now before. It's pretty tough. And we, we found – we went up to Spodger Creek one of the days and caught them, but we – I was only had a 50-horse boat – and we were 60, well, what, 20, 30 miles away from the yeah. Spodger Creek. And the wind was supposed to be bad. So I caught him up there underneath, like, where Menendez won. And so I tried screwing around, messing with crankbaits and traps and everything that was supposed to be good. Um, people were catching spinnerbaits, swimming jigs. So that's what we were throwing. And then we couldn't get touched. So I'm throwing a chatterbait, and I skip it under a dock, and then I kill I you know kind of jerk it and kill it and a big largemouth comes and swipes at it and then for whatever reason I just had this weird epiphany that I'd start throwing a jerk bait so I start throwing a floating bomber uh just bone colored jerk bait and every single time there was a channel swing up against a bank I would just get blasted by it you know a two to three pounder and then every once in a while a big one would hit and every single spot on the map that would that was the case. It was unbelievable. I've never seen anything like that in practice before. Every every single time I went up to a a creek arm, there would be a channel swing, cast two or three times, and I'd always get hit every single time. So then I found another spot right by the launch, and so we were my buddy catches a six pounder on a jerk bait, so he catches it, and then another one of our team members who actually whacked him in practice, but he sandbagged the whole time and said he didn't catch anything, was coming up on us, and I saw him throwing a rattle trap, and I was throwing a jerk bait. He goes, hey, how are you catching him on those jerk baits? And I and I jerk it up, because I didn't want to, like, leave after we just clearly had caught one right in front of him. I was like, oh, you know, it's kind of kind of slow up here, and I see my jerk bait float. I was like, what I was doing I was pumping it two or three times, letting it float all the way to the top, and they would hit it on the top of the water. It was a really strange thing. I've never even seen it before or since. So it's coming up at the top of the water, and I see a big weight coming behind it, and I saw it as like a four-pounder. So I started burning the jerkbait in, and actually the fish followed it all the way up to the boat and just bare. I mean, he, he was stalking right behind it, waiting for it to pause. As it paused, he went and swiped at it as I was bringing it up out of the water just so I didn't get it, you know, catch it in front of anybody. We were going to leave. So tournament day comes, and we were just so jacked. I couldn't even sleep. I, I think I threw up before the tournament started in the, during the national anthem because I have really bad nerve problems. So there's 100 boats there or whatever. Get to our spot and absolute, they pulled water. 
and all the fish, for whatever reason, moved back to the creek we were right by. There was a creek, there was a bridge, and every fish pulled into there, and that was where all the bigger fish were caught. And we didn't catch a single fish the first day. And everybody that was catching them good, or was, you know, catching them in the back of the creek, not not so many of them, were just whacked them that day. So we didn't do good, and that was probably one of the most disappointing tournaments I've ever been a part of. Uh, two of our teams did well that tournament, but it was it was just rough. I mean, I don't know. We've had that happen so many times to us. Jeez, uh, what else should we talk about? I don't know. Uh, I just want to say if KVD is listening, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, if he, just in case Kevin Van Dam, you're listening, like maybe on your drive to the, it's only like an hour drive to the lake from uh, Birmingham. So if you're listening on your drive uh, Friday morning, day one, you know, take out that red uh, red eye shad and give it a throw. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, you probably wouldn't have thought of that, but. You know, just giving you some tips. Yeah, we were trying to take – there should be, like, a prop bet for, for these. It should be which uh, which angler is going to win the Classic or which Strike King lure is going to be one one this year. You know, every single year, Strike King just – they must pay that man so much money. Yeah, we were actually discussing how much we how much uh, Strike King probably pays, you know, like just, like, as a base salary to Kevin Van Dam every year. We have no idea, but, you know, that would be something to – It'd be something interesting to find out. We, oh my gosh! Because they sure are making their money's worth off him. That's for sure. Well, yeah, and you know he's obviously not going to say he doesn't. I don't know. I that guy. He's even more than Tiger Woods. Like, if it was the field versus KVD, I still would probably take KVD most of the time. I mean, I don't know about that because he hasn't won a tournament. In a it couple does, of years. but still, neither is Tiger Woods, and he's this. You true, know, true. I mean, but. <sighs> Just, but this one just sets up way way too much it for him. It does set up perfectly. It's it's not even like uh, in what was it 2010 Lay Lake? Yeah, I said uh, 2009 last podcast. Yeah. So I'm really sorry about that. Guys. I think you corrected yourself. <laughs> no, that was a different one. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, anyway, the last time it was on Lay Lake, uh, KVD won with a lipless crankbait, a red eye shot in the in the in Beeswax Creek with a. It was really slow dragging, and I don't think I really don't foresee that happening this time. I think it'll be you know a lot. The fish are a lot more aggressive than that. It's insane. I mean, they're really aggressive. They'll be burning those. I mean, KVD is pretty notorious for burning everything, so he will be burning those red eye shads across the you know the real shallow flats back there, and uh, it it won't be a slow grinded out tournament. I think no, I think it'll be an absolute slugfest, kind of like the. Louisiana Delta in 2011, and even, but, uh, yeah. maybe more so. I think there'll be lots of 30-pound bags. Because those guys, there's half the field was still running all the way to, to Venice. Right, they so. only had a couple hours of fish. These guys, you know, they're going to have the full day pretty much, and the fish are they're, they're just giant and mean here. So It's, it's crazy. Casey's never been to Gunnersville before, and it's... I tried to explain to him, and I didn't even do it justice now because we've never had a day like we had today, and it was just insane. Like they're they're just they're it's a different breed on this lake, especially we, we've never seen anything like it. Every fish is just chunky and huge. Mouth is just stained red. <clears throat> yeah, I just I'm really excited to watch this this classic. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, let's see. We're going to probably do a podcast on the water, <laughs> see how that works out. We might do another one, like, tomorrow or something. We don't even know. Who knows? I mean, it's – we were going to do one, like, a live report, potentially, while we're sitting watching someone, especially if they're whacking them. Uh, <laughs> okay, so last April – you want to tell your 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 story with uh, yeah. where me and Teddy were together? <laughs> last yeah. April, I was out <laughs> – I was out fishing with my buddy, and we were out to dinner, and then Casey had called me. I saw the missed tw- call twice, and, and whenever I get a call from Casey, I know it has to be important because nothing we talk about is ever important aside from just fishing. So so right. Casey calls me, and then I, I, I just ignored it because I was out to eat, but then he called me again, and I had to actually excuse myself from dinner <laughs> because I knew it had to be important. So you want to tell him what happened? Yeah, um, yeah this was April. <laughs> I think it was the day after the ice went off the water, and it just, I mean, there's probably still some icebergs, ice chunks out there, but it was the first day of open water, I was just kind of pumped to get my boat out on the water, and um, the the bass season in Wisconsin doesn't open until the first weekend in May, so I was going to, I was crappy fishing, I, air quotes. I guess, but I had, a, I, I snuck a couple of flipping sticks into my rod locker when I got around, you know, some places where the, nobody could see me, but uh, <laughs> anyway, I took this one girl fishing with me because I figured, you know, I could might as well do something to kill the time for crappie fishing because it's not, it's pretty boring, so anyway, we're, we're not, I can't find these crappies anywhere. And uh, I had found them the year before on my graph and caught a bunch, but I couldn't find them. So I was just like trying to, you know, have fun and, which, you know, you don't usually do when you're fishing. <laughs> but, uh, so I'm just driving around as fast as I can get my boat to go, which is uh, around 60 miles an hour. Um, so I'm, I'm, just making big wakes and jumping them and stuff and trying to impress a trying girl. to impress some girl I guess which says that's really gonna impress her bass boat but uh <laughs> but uh so anyway I say I I I ran pretty fast and tried to make some wakes but when you when you're running on plane if you ever if you ever seen the Gerald Swindle video where he runs by a guy. They don't really, you, you don't really make big wakes when you're running fast and I'm playing, actually. So I was like, well, where's the wakes? So I just, instead of jumping wakes, I just started making really hairpin turns at full speed. So, okay, I was driving at right around 60 miles an hour and just cranked the wheel all the way to the right. Yeah, to the right. And if you've ever been in a boat where it's spun out, there's like an amazing force that's on you from the spin out, and my the prop kind of just lost uh, lost you know like a grip on the water, and I just lost complete control. Anyway, the girl that was on the passenger seat flew. She was just gone. Um, I actually looked back and seen her skipping across the water like a stone, and uh, like. Let me remind you that the water temp is like 35 degrees because it's the day after the ice went out. The life jacket, I have life jackets technically on board, but they're buried somewhere in the in the bottom of the, you know, one of my rod lockers or something, and I don't even think they work because 
one, the automatic one doesn't even have a CO2 cartridge in it. And uh, the other one was my grandpa's. Hopefully the DNR. Hopefully the DNR is um, But, uh, so I, the first thing I do, of course, is hit the, hit the mark button on my GPS just, just in case. So, so in case I lost the spot, I knew where, where to try to dive in and find somebody. Um, so I loop back around and, and I do see her luckily. She told me, uh, you know, beforehand that she can't swim at all. So I loop back. And I can't really swim that good either, so if I have to jump in, I mean, we're probably both goners. Um, so I I loop back around and I uh, I run over, drive over there, and she's pretty much about to sink to the bottom. And I grab her and pull her in, and she's just we're, and then I just I was still in, kind of in shock because I didn't really know that you could actually get thrown out of a bass boat like that. And uh, she didn't have shoes on when she came back in the boat, so they flew off on the either on the impact or on the when she flew out. I'm not sure, but uh, it was a yeah. She didn't die, so that's something. Well, she didn't know how to brace herself for the G-force that it enacted on her, and then tell tell uh, them what she told me when. Oh yeah, so then I called Tyler. Of course, right afterwards, when I'm driving home, when I'm driving home from the lake, and uh, <laughs> called Tyler to tell him this awesome story, and I was like, "Yeah, it's a good thing I knew. It's a good thing I know I can throw somebody at the ball now, so it doesn't happen in a, some important time like a tournament." <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't want to do that because, oh my god, wouldn't want to ruin a tournament. Yeah, I legitimately couldn't even go back in and eat anymore. <laughs> <laughs> just, I would have just pissed myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad that doesn't happen often. I have heard since that a couple, a couple pros do have stories about throwing people out of the boat, but, but never on a turn. Yeah, usually it's usually it's either hitting a giant wave, or it's uh, hitting you know like a stump or a solid rock where somebody actually gets ejected for, through the front. I heard uh, actually Ike on the I think it was California Delta said that he hit something and he got ejected and said he would have died if he didn't have his life jacket on. But I mean that still doesn't scare me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wear my life jacket to be honest, uh, except for if I'm in a tournament where where absolutely you know that's the rule that you have to because you know they just you're gonna know. piss off DNR people and life jacket people. Well, <laughs> the Wisconsin DNR already hates bass fishing. So <laughs> yeah, I doubt they're listening right now. I doubt they're listening. I doubt anybody from Wisconsin is listening. Doubt, yeah. <laughs> the the people that are listening right now are probably like, you know, 40 to 50-year-old guys from Alabama or Tennessee. Or college fishermen. Or college fishermen. Or, or not. You know, your guys are cool, too, if you're not listening. Or you're awesome. 18 to 25-year-old hot uh, college <laughs> That's actually our main target audience. We really haven't have been doing a good job of getting them to listen. I don't know what the deal is. But uh, maybe next, oh, I don't know, maybe shit. next time. Okay, we're at 40 minutes. I think I'm, there's no way I can top that story. I think I'm done. 
We'll we'll have another one later this week, I'm sure. Um, maybe I got maybe get another story in there next 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 podcast. Fuck it, do it right now. Do it right now. Fuck it. All right, all right. This, this is gonna be the funniest podcast ever, I think. So this is uh, <laughs> I don't even know if I want to tell this story, but uh, let's see. This was probably like five or six years ago. Out uh, again on the water with a different girl. Um, uh, it's getting dark out, and I wasn't really catching anything, so we were kind of driving in, and I got stuck on a sandbar, and we were just stuck. I mean, I was trying to push off. I couldn't. I was getting pissed off. I broke the light pole, like, um, kind of like Mike Iaconelli did the time he got a DQ from the Classic. But, uh, so I'm getting pissed off in this, and I got this girl with me or whatever, and I'm like, well, whatever. So I kind of, you know, make a move on her, and we end up having sex on the front deck of the basketball. And, um, afterwards... The boat was actually <laughs> magically off the sandbar and free, floating freely. So that was pretty sweet. Um, but then I didn't get stuck again on the way in. But uh, I actually had to get on push then because it was really stuck. And I finally got it in, but that's just another one of those stories. Now, anybody else tells that story, I completely don't believe it ever happened, but I don't think Casey... I, I don't make up stories. I don't even exaggerate my stories because I've got lots of stories. I don't need to exaggerate. But if you're trying to become cool off of exaggerating bass fishing stories... Yeah, you don't, uh, you don't try to... There's no reason to exaggerate bass fishing uh, stories because nobody cares for one thing except for a few select bass fishermen. So hopefully you guys enjoyed those stories. Man, yeah, I have... Plenty of things to say. I just can't. I just can't. My mind is clouded with with Casey. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll probably we'll probably just do an entire podcast either on the way home from Gunnersville, or shit. Maybe maybe we'll do we'll do the on water podcast and then release it maybe later, and just do another one of these hotel roundabout things. Adams screwing around with the GoPro footage we edited today. We got some good GoPro footage. Maybe tomorrow we'll have him on it, too. But, yeah. Um, actually, before I end, uh, my cousin wanted me to mention to check out his Twitter page and Facebook page. That's Utility. U-T-I-L-E-E. -E. And it is a... Uh, if you're interested in baseball, I don't know shit about baseball, so... Look at it if you're interested in baseball. Or your kids are interested in baseball. It's a it's just a new tee design that he's come up with, and it's pretty revolutionary from I from what I have heard from from other people. And he's gonna give me a copy to read on, on the podcast, but I don't have it with me right now. So some guys from the Mets endorse it, and it's a pretty cool deal. So just check it out if you guys want. Uh, but otherwise, keep uh, interacting with us on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, we'll have some new stuff up tonight, I'm sure. We'll now that we're kind of giddy a little bit from, from talking about bass fishing for a while so so we'll uh we'll end it right here uh thanks a lot for listening and keep listening guys subscribe to our youtube page also we have a lot of stuff out there casey's got a bunch of videos that he's 
working on. Yeah, check out check out the YouTube site, guys. If you like this podcast, you're obviously pretty hardcore. Um, we got some hilarious stuff on YouTube. Just look up uh, Basquad Corp on YouTube. Um, there's just some really funny stuff. You, you guys will definitely find it funny if you find this podcast, uh, if you even listen to this podcast. So check it out. We've, it's been tough getting views on there. I think that if people, once people start listening to it or start watching it, they'll they'll really love it. Uh, so check that out, uh, Bass Squad Carp on, on YouTube. If you guys want to order sweatshirts, we just got them shipped out the, uh, the other day. Um, if you guys want to continue ordering sweatshirts, T-shirts, uh, use the promo code BSR on checkout, and you'll save 10%. So that is Bass Squad Radio podcast discount. So just keep letting us know that you're listening by checking out and using that. So, yeah, we'll we'll be talking to you pretty soon, I'm assuming. So thanks a lot, guys. Peace out.